Hello, this is Alex here. Just a very quick note before we get officially started. Next Tuesday, the 22nd of February, I'm going to be in New York and we'll be doing a live Bunga event, partly as a belated North American launch of the end of the end of history, and also to have a bit of a chat. And uh, Adam Tooze will be participating and will be debating the end of the end of history, the rise of anti-politics and life after the pandemic. And then afterwards, we'll be heading to a bar nearby uh, to have some drinks afterwards. So it'd be great if you joined us. It's Tuesday, the 22nd of February in New York at the People's Forum in Midtown. And there's links to tickets in the show notes here. So we hope to see you there. Really look forward to meeting you all. But now on with this month's three articles. Hello, dearest patrons. It's another three articles from BungaCast, the global politics podcast at the end of the end of history. You probably already knew that by now, uh, but it's uh, Thursday, the 10th of February. And uh, as usual, we are each bringing an article to discuss. There's a distinct North American political theme uh, to our articles this week. Um, but first, hello, George. Hello, Philip. How are we? <laughs> Very, very hello. well. Thanks for hello. asking. Hello, Alex. Hello, yeah. George. I need to. I need to. What I need to nail is the is the kind of like hello Newman thing from Seinfeld, and just do the hello, hello, George. Alex, <laughs> hello whore. Yeah, exactly. You could. Um, you were doing it a bit like Shatnery, like hello, Phil. Hello, George. Oh anyway, yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, you could do a different character every on. week and do it really badly. Anyway, we won't be doing that. Um, so the first article, well, I guess I'm going first. Um, it is an article in the New York Times. It's an opinion piece called Hawks are standing in the way of a new Republican Party. So I'm just going to say who the authors are because it's worth uh, worth explaining. Uh, Sorab Amari, who is a, a contributing editor at uh, the American Conservative magazine, which is, again, uh, a conservative magazine which has always been very anti-hawkish and much more isolationist. Um, you have Gladden Pappen, who is one of the founders of American Affairs, who uh, American Affairs, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, we've had the editor, uh, Julius Krein, on before, is also uh, a magazine which in a, a quite heterodox inhabits sort of more or less that sort of space of a more kind of nationalist, anti-war, communitarian, uh, conservative thought. And Patrick Deneen, a political theorist you might know, influenced by uh, de Tocqueville, by Lash, um, and his book, Why Liberalism Failed, um, kind of made a splash when it came out a couple of years ago. Um, so these are kind of three, I guess, intellectual heavyweights, at least in those sorts of circles, um, on the conservative side, but fighting a battle for a kind of new nationalist or populist uh, Republican Party. And their argument um, is interesting because, I mean, it's, it's directed, it seems to be directed it's published in the, although it's published in the New York Times, seems to be directed at sort of populist members of the GOP, congressmen, and so on, and against the the hawks. And you know they have a couple of jibes even at some of these more uh, nationalist figures in the Republican Party who, despite their supposed political commitments, are still cheering on, for example, war with Russia and saber rattling against Putin and so on. And they're making an argument that we shouldn't be doing this. And they base this argument in a sort of intellectual history of uh, two different strands in the United States um, in regards to how America sees itself. You have a conservative vision and a liberal vision. The conservative vision sees 
America as an exemplary republic, that America should just perfect its republic and thereby stand as a shining example to the rest of the world. And then you have the more crusader model where um, the United States' role is to indoctrinate or spread liberalism throughout the world um, through the force of arms. Um, and that this, this division between exemplary and crusader broadly mapped on, used to map on to conservative versus liberal, that the conservatives more reluctant to engage in warfare and engage abroad, whereas the liberals were more um, effectively, more saber rattling, more uh, advent militarily adventurous. Um, but that this is now revised um, and it has reversed, excuse me, that basically, as everyone will know, it's been the Republicans who have maybe at least until recently been the more pro-war, you know, the neoconservative movement that uh, arrayed around and behind George W. Bush was, of course, a conservative movement. It was within the Republican Party who were the most sort of pro-war. Of course, now we know that it's the Democrats probably who are in some ways because of their kind of uh, supposedly liberal views are who are the most pro-war. Anyway, they give this intellectual history um, as a way of making uh, an argument in favor of two pillars. One is restraint in terms of international affairs. And secondly, um, bolstering domestic industry, achieving energy independence, all in uh, in the aim of achieving national development, right? So this is, this is the sort of vision that they have. Um, the, what is interesting, and I, one line I want to cite before I bring you guys in, is uh, which I thought was was well placed, is criticizing the contradictions in the sort of neoliberal Republicans' view, and the neoliberal Republicans are more pro-war, um, which is that the, these Republicans, or excuse me, not really the neoliberal Republicans, but more so some of the populists, the populists who get drawn onto the pro-war side, is that what they are actively pushing is the integration of ever more geographic space into the same socioeconomic order they find so oppressive at home. So basically, you know, if, you, if it basically woke, woke corporations and military engagement abroad spreads the kind of uh, form of whatever, woke neoliberalism abroad, but yet these are the same people who are fighting woke neoliberalism at home, and there's a contradiction there. And so they're basically trying to make an appeal to these conservatives to be genuinely conservative. Hey there, you've reached the end of a short excerpt from an episode that's been released only to our patrons. If you'd like to join us and gain access to around two Patreon-exclusive episodes a month, please go to patreon.com slash We'd love to have you.